0: Philosophy, Descartes, Debate, The Mepropod, 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 The Awesomest Discussion Podcast in the History of the Human Species,
1: oh yeah! Let me tell you, i need an interview with an old man emu He's got a beak and feathers and things But the poor old fetter ain't got no wings Aren't you jealous of the wedge-tailed eagle? I'm no, well, the eagle's flying round and round To keep my two feet firmly on the ground Now, I can't fly, but I'm telling you I can run the pants of a kangaroo He can't fly, but I'm telling you He can run the pants of a kangaroo
0: Alright, in that case, welcome to member report number 166. It is February 7th, 2021. We are all still here, uh, at least, you know, <laughs> but by, as, of, as of this recording, we are all still here. So welcome, everyone. Thanks for listening. We hope everyone had a, uh, a decent new year. And um, we're happy to say that so far, we have not, uh, the government has not yet been overthrown. So that was nice. Um, and uh, we're close. <laughs> we're, it was we're, it was close. I know, I know. It was, know. It was close. close it was a Touch bit close. Go. But I'm glad that has not happened and we're here. And before we get started with anything, I guess I just have to say that uh you know, I think it's been a big deal in uh Story's life that we need to talk about and that is that Story uh now is able to walk outside in really cold weather. And that's really the yeah, biggest thing that's, that's, that's recently happened. That's a huge life huge. change. Yeah. Is that, uh, it's a that it just move. keeps
2: snowing. So <laughs> yeah, um Yeah, I think that's that's about Anything all I've else got happened with you, Story besides um, that? like Let's see. I had a sandwich the other day. Okay. It was a pretty good sandwich. Okay. Um, and yes, I became a father. So, hey, uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. A little before Christmas, Graham, Caspian, Clayton uh, came came out quite suddenly. I mean, not suddenly, like the, the labor was actually super long, but then during the labor, it was very fast. So,
0: <laughs> actually, um,
2: nobody fun. prepares you for like, it's like that last push, and it's just like, Little bit ahead, little bit ahead, a little bit ahead. Hold baby. Here's yep. a whole baby, <laughs> and and you know I I haven't spent a lot of time with babies, so it was like wow, that's
0: <laughs> yeah, that is a different
2: entity
3: than in uh, this process. I've learned the doctors have the best job, which is show up at the last thirty seconds of a
0: thirty-eight right, yeah. hour labor yep. to be like,
3: all right, I got it, and uh, paycheck on the
0: fifteenth, please. Yeah, exactly. It really is labor that we're talking about for the woman involved. Like it really is labor. It's not you know, <laughs> and for the doctor, it's like eh, you know I I like sign off on what you did, like well done. Good job. Um, you know, they don't even necessarily cut the umbilical cord. I mean, that's the, often the dad that does. That I did. Or, you I know. did
2: cut the umbilical cord. I also okay. was on uh, right leg. I had right leg for the three hours of pushing. I had right leg pushing. So, um, or no, it was a little. It was a little over two. Actually, a little over two hours of uh, wow active pushing. So really, not a ton. Um, a really long process before that. We actually went to the hospital and came home twice uh in the, each of the two nights before we actually got to stay and every time we had it wrong like the first time we went we were like this is it and we like did all the prep and did all the emotional stuff and whatever and went up there and like they're like you you thought your water broke your water didn't break go home rest and then like we came back and and we did like all the things to try to precipitate labor and then like we came back a day later and Alex hadn't slept and they're like, Nope, still no kept us for two hours. Like go home, rest and like actually rest because you're going to die. If you keep staying (laughs) up and trying to push this baby out. Um, and then like, then the third time we went and we were just like, you know, and Alex was like screaming with pain and contractions and whatever. And we're just like, yeah, there's no way this, you know, we went and we were just totally resigned. We're like, yeah, we're going again. They'll send us home in three hours. (laughs) be back. this is Sisyphus's baby and uh, and then they like they we had this moment we had this magic moment where we had been there for like 45 minutes and she was more dilated than before and then they went and they got you know they always had brought us like big mugs of ice water and all of this stuff. and then they went and they got swaddles and we had not seen that before and we're like, oh, oh things have changed you think we're having a baby (laughs) i see (laughs) this is very exciting they got the like trademark blue and red and white swaddle blankets and and alex and i looked at each other we're like aha the game is afoot so um, (laughs) so yeah that was that was exciting so then then it was like and then they gave her an epidural and she slept for six hours for the first time in like two and a half days and then it was two hours of pushing nurse on left leg me on right leg go fight win
0: Doctor tapping his watch. All right. Anytime. Anytime now. Got to get, yeah, got to yeah. move the next baby I, in really here. And really
3: more like the doctor is like, oh, it's going to be another eight minutes. I'm, I'll be out in the hall. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know. You wonder Call if they like. 90 yeah.
0: seconds you wonder if they like take if they take bets on this right like if they're just sort of like okay ready Just seven i, I cut it within 20 seconds my last time no no i because if you if you overdo it right if you're uh if you then have a little bit of hubris babies on, floor. Yeah. on floor and then there's a lawsuit in on desk <laughs> and so you don't you know you got to really kind of push it close yet see we had i mean we we had, both of ours were at home and both with midwives so our experience you know my experience was just basically mm-hmm. watching you know, Clea wander around in the dark, like the dead of winter and, you know, whatever, like January for, uh, for Senivine. And then for Kalen, um, you know, coming home and hearing her screaming in pain, which is really pleasant. Uh, let me explain when your, when your wife is screaming in pain, that's great. That's right. really a, that's really a lovely, uh, you know, moment, but, um, yeah. And so both times it was, it was midwives and doulas and all of that kind of thing. <laughs> um, as opposed to the the doctor' situation but but the premise is the same. you're listening to the medical professional and they're like, yes, no, well, mm, maybe yep okay all right, and here's the baby, you know and um, so but anyway, I'm glad I'm very glad that um, everything was done. and of course what you you did something which neither Russ nor I have done, which is that uh, you had a child during uh, a pandemic. so nice yes. work on you adding yes. to the difficulty curve of that like that was you know yeah
2: no I mean I had to I had to outdo you guys somehow
0: Well, it was good
2: yeah yeah so yeah that was crazy that was also because we were you know living at the hospital for the third time we went we were living at the hospital for two and a half days or not quite actually because well yeah it was two and a half days they kicked us out i think they broke state law by kicking us out in less than 48 hours but that's fine that's another issue um (laughs) but uh you know they were like yeah you're ready to go home well they tried to play this insurance gambit where they discharged alex officially but not graham and because graham was born in the last month of the year, he has like a 30 day grandfather clause. I mean, I could go on like this whole episode, this whole episode could be like story takes down American health insurance, but- um, It
3: sounds a little bit like the prelude to a kidnapping. <laughs> yeah,
2: no, yeah. <laughs> yeah, So. Um, so yeah, they're basically like, so we had called because there's this loophole of insurance because it's like, the baby can't have insurance until the baby exists. Um I hope we have some like Canadian and Scandinavian listeners just to appreciate how ridiculous this country is. Yes. I think so- this is to
3: maintain consistency with like anti-abortion states because if an unborn baby had insurance then oh. it could theoretically like not be you know, there could be liability if you try to abort. this That baby is
2: interesting, paper. and and also I thought about that the
0: yes. level the level of lawsuit also from a fetus. Like you do not want to mess with what like a fetal lawsuit <laughs> is really really tough. Like because for one thing, they make incredibly sympathetic lawyers. They're powerful speakers. You know, they've had no right. training with their voice, so there's a constant broken voice. They can't. They don't speak really. You know, they kind of just babble, and and there's. It's you don't want to be up against a fetal lawyer or a fetal lawsuit. So I think, yeah, that's yeah.
2: Yeah, that's that's rough. It was bad enough going against fetal debaters. But
0: um,
2: <laughs> yeah, so um, but anyway, yeah. So there's this loophole where it's like so the baby can't have insurance until the baby exists and you can't get insurance. Like it's not like a car that you're you know buying and you get insurance like on the lot. Um, and so <laughs> want an undercoat for that baby. <laughs> right. So like you have 30 days. For that year, because everything resets in a year, which is why the baby had to be out before New Year's Eve or it was going to cost like a million dollars. So you have that – that uh, you have 30 days grace period uh, to get insurance for the baby. But because the baby was born in December and it's the last – month of the year then you're just kind of grandfathered in and so but we were like well what happens in this loophole like do we do we does the baby start getting hospital services right away or you know because there's this 30 day window where there's no man's land and there isn't a later policy to take over because then the year just rolls over so we we called like seven different people and got seven different answers and finally like we called three more people and got two people to agree with one of the previous people. And ah, so we're like, safety this and numbers. <laughs> right? Yeah, And then finally one of them sent us in writing and it's been, and so the law is that as long as you're discharged simultaneously from the hospital visit, then, because the issue is deductible, right? Is like we had met, we had a high deductible plan. We had met Alex's deductible in spades because she was still recovering from celiac disease. She was pregnant all year. Like, you know, she went to the ER in Texas, like uh, the first week of the pandemic when, you know, it wasn't when things weren't shut down and she was at a conference and she thought she might have COVID, whole nightmare, right? So so we were like, well good on the deductible, but it's a high deductible plan. And so it's like another four thousand dollars for Graham if he's a separate entity. So the loophole is <laughs> If
0: you're just Don't try- cut the umbilical cord. <laughs> yes, he's not a separate entity. Don't make him a separate entity. Well, I mean, we like.
2: wondered, right? Like, you is know, that the standard? Yeah. If, exactly. if they're like,
0: they're like, so they get, they're like, you know, all right, Dad, you need to cut the umbilical cord. You're like, does he become a separate entity? <laughs> exactly. Like, he just, like, I don't Oh, tricky,
2: doctor. Tricky. If I do it, then I've consented to them being separate. <laughs> Welcome to Alex it, and Alex Subpart
0: A. You know, like.
2: <laughs> no, yeah. So the actual role is. Um, If they're discharged at the same time from the hospital um, or Alex is discharged later, then uh, free and clear. The second that Graham is there a second longer than Alex as an official patient, then he starts racking up the money toward the $4,000 deductible. And, you know, given that it's like a hospital stay overnight and they're charging like $50 for a grape, like... Um, you know, like, so they were like, they were like, we want to keep him, you know, like his Billy Rubin's a little high, like they're, you know, he's in the normal jaundice range, but it's like high normal. So we want to be super safe. So you're good to go, Alex. Like we'll discharge you and we'll keep him overnight. You're of course welcome to stay with him. Like, we're not going to actually kick you out. You just won't be a patient anymore. And we, can we were put like, you oh, up ha at ha the four ha
3: seasons. Ha <laughs> I mean, <in> <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Can, can I just seasons, say, by the way, landscaping, can yeah. I just say, by the way, before you wanted the story, can I just say that jaundice is literally there must be some place where they're just kind of like whenever you are dealing with parents and with newborns please make sure to mention the word jaundice at least a hundred times. Like every baby in the history of creation has had jaundice or (laughs) every medical professional who does anything to do with the delivery of babies into the world must know that they are just told like, hi, my name is jaundice. Like, Like literally every single time. And one person pointed out like the reason that they're so high and bothered about jaundice is because, the bi- babies always have jaundice when they're first born because right. they are just now coming into becoming actual human beings like the liver is like oh it's time for me to function now mm-hmm. until that happens it's jaundice so you would just th- it's like being like, like i'm sorry baby's your baby's a
2: little low on light Where has it been yeah. the last nine months yeah, yeah. yeah. it's
0: <laughs> like it's like it's like blaming a baby just like you know um your baby is a little small like they're not right. adult <laughs> size yet so we want to make sure that they- like what the f-
2: get the they course they like holding jaundice. it up to a roller coaster like this tall to ride. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't I think so. I would put him on Space Mountain right now. <laughs> like, I remember having a we...
3: conversation with the delivering doctor after Lulu was born who was describing jaundice to me. And he's like, right. okay, so she has jaundice. So we're going to put her under these lights, right? And then these lights are going to dry her out. And then we're going to put her on formula. And that will hydrate her. But then oh she might God. have digestive problems from formula. <laughs> And then what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a snake, and I was just like, How about how about none of this? Wait how about minute. none of these we're things? Take we're a take snake? Take, we're gonna take the baby home and we will expose her to sunlight, I promise. Right. And it yeah. was the most disappointed doctor I've ever seen. I like, yeah. I like, but I wanna do the lights and then formula and then snake. Procedure. I, know, exactly.
0: I wanna know the snake part. Is this a Hollywood thing? I wanna know what the snake part is. I think it was a joke. Oh man. No, no, yeah. what? No, I no. Was, I well, it may oh, be a joke. Yeah. No, I want to oh, follow this know. joke down to its natural conclusion. Oh, right. I would, sure, fu- sure. I would fully believe it. That's fine. No, no. no now no. that you said it's a joke, no, no, it's clearly no, a joke. I've called now.
2: it out. But Do you want me to explain the joke? The <laughs> Science Science <laughs>
3: hospital was the only one that took our insurance.
2: <laughs> okay, as long as <laughs> we know <laughs> for
0: sure. <laughs> right. All right. So go on with your story. So, so yeah, oh no, joke.
2: I mean, so yeah. So so then we basically like. Um, we, like, threw ourselves on the mercy of this pediatrician because we were, like, we were really freaked out. You know, and it's also, like, to be fair, like, we're sleeping, like, 40 minutes a night we're like oh, yeah. totally freaked out we have this fragile entity we've never had a child before and yeah. we're like you know if you touch it it'll break and perfect like perfect timing yeah. to make decisions right. like we're, this right I mean, so we're totally optimal. like we're just paranoid and freaked out and whatever else and we're just looking at it and it's like so they've said like he doesn't have jaundice but like in case he gets it in the next <laughs> eight hours they're gonna keep him and like this potential is jaundice yeah oh and the other thing the other thing this was equally good the other reason they wanted to keep him is that he has <laughs> he had f- failed his hearing test um, because he fell asleep during. <laughs> Yeah, that's a so, straight fail. Sorry. Clearly,
0: sir, he's so, not hearing you, nor is yeah. he responding to us.
2: I was just like, <laughs> so like his first year he passed, like they did left ear and he responded well, and then he fell asleep, and they're like, well, right ear didn't wake him up, um, so that's a fail. So, so, I mean, so these are the things that they're like, this is going to be like four thousand dollars to keep him overnight. I mean, of course, no one tells you anything about money at all. Oh no, never. They, no they never do that. We only knew this because we had. Spent spent like a full-time job for a week tracking down someone who would give us the straight answer. So, um, but, so but you like raised that <laughs> you got
3: saved you more money than a full-time jobs. Oh, that, no, yeah, right, no, exactly. I mean, we got it. Yeah, exactly. We got a exactly. hundred
0: dollars an hour. Yeah, it was great. But so, you needed to raise a question and be like, listen, maybe it's just cause you fell asleep and they're like jaundice. You know, they just like, like <laughs> they just fire everything back with, but what yeah, about it's jaundice? It's very okay.
3: easy to catch jaundice in a hospital. It's rife with jaundice. Jaundice is everywhere. <laughs> it's
0: jaundice 19. It's a very dangerous jaundice okay it's a global pandemic okay so he failed his hearing test So, so
2: so yeah so these are the things and we just look at each other and it's like so he doesn't have jaundice and he's sleepy i think i think we'll be okay but then it was like they were not they didn't ask us like is it okay to do this they're like this is just what the program is and then so then a pediatrician came by and was like scheduling this stuff and we just basically like did the hard sell like threw ourselves under mercy and we're like look if if it's medically necessary if there is any danger to this baby like like the baby could be deaf there's nothing you're gonna do for the baby like now right like like you put it back
0: in the oven for a little bit (laughs) (laughs) like like,
2: (laughs) like if he fails the hearing test you're not gonna fix the, you know, the right ear could be broken. You're not going to fix the right ear before he's discharged. It makes no difference when we deal with that, right? It's a follow-up either way. So we're like, look, if it's medically necessary, you can have all our money. We will just sign a check over. You can have all our savings account. The answer yeah.
3: to that question is yeah. always yes.
2: Right. It's fine. But, <laughs> yes is medical necessary. Right. <laughs> all your money? Yes. The answer like, is jaundice. It <laughs> sounds like he does not actually have jaundice. Apparently, miraculously, the first baby in history to not have jaundice just to be high normal. And... His He fell asleep in the hearing test, which doesn't sound like a real fail. She's like, oh, yeah, that happens all the time. Like two thirds of babies do that. They fail the first time. And I'm like, well, it seems like you're you're setting him up for something. But anyway, so like, you know, so so I'm like, if not, here's the situation. This overnight stay, that's like if it's a nice to have. We really don't want to pay $4,000 for a nice-to-have to stay in the hospital. And uh, fortunately, she saw the wisdom of that. She was like, oh, my God, is that what it is? And, you know, we explained the whole thing. Because no one in a hospital, I mean, they're, I, like, contractually obliged to not know anything about money, right? The billing is someone somewhere over in North Dakota. You know, they, like, outsource the billing so they can have plausible deniability. If you ask anyone a question about what anything will cost, they're like, I don't know. They have no
0: idea. You know, like, right.
2: and so you're just in this, like, world where everything costs thousands of dollars and nobody knows anything about money. Um, and so you, you just have to navigate it yourself. So we got out of there. Yeah, so we had a- uh, can, I, can I interject with a,
3: a, a serious yeah. piece of advice oh, sure. for once? Sure. Um, for anyone dealing with anyone in the medical community or the insurance community, you can always say no. Whatever they propose, yes. That's you can true. always say no. That's Often true. it is yes. framed to you in such a way that it doesn't mm-hmm. feel like you can say no, right? Because they'll right. be like, "Well, this is you're going to do this," and you're like, "Well, ultimately, I get to I'm the decider, right? I get to decide," right. and then they'll have to admit, yes. You are in control of your <laughs> your medical. Yes, kill yourself your if future. you want to. But you can yes. turn down <laughs> treatments. Like you can always say no, right. don't. And right. doctors know that they have a level of authority such that they can scare you into doing what they want you to do. You can always say, I want to think about it. I want mm-hmm. a second opinion. I want to take it overnight. You never, ever have to agree with them if you don't want to.
0: Yes, that that is very good advice. Yeah, exactly. And I should, because they, I, I I am reminded of the time when I was in the hospital the first time for, uh, for atrial fibrillation. And they were about to uh, do my uh, cardiac conversion, which I think I told the story in the MEP report before, but means shocking your heart back into rhythm. No big oh, deal. Right. I mean, yeah. you know, what's the big deal about that? Um, and the cardiologist is talking to me about it. And I'm like, well, you know, and I and I'm you know terrified and just kind of like I I don't you know this is and she's like I, and she's very nice. I mean, she's a good cardiologist. Like, look, I promise this is going to be fine. I'm like, okay, I understand that you do thousands of these. I've done zero of these to date, and it is my heart that we're talking about. And so we're going on about this, and I'm like, I'm like, you know, and also Doctor Morell, my my primary care at the time physician, and she's like, well, Doctor Morell is not driving this train, and and it didn't occur to me literally until like after I had come out of being chalked back into and I they did need to cardiac convert me and they did uh-huh. and it, whatever but I'm actually driving the train. Like, if we're going to talk about who's driving the train about my body, that would be me. Like, That's this this right. idea that somehow, like, well, look, I mean, there are some people who drive trains. That, you are not the train driver. You are the engineer who I tell what to do. Like, I, I am driving this train. What do you mean you're right. driving the train? Um. So, like, you also, if you have a turf war going on between two medical professionals, which happens a lot more often than it should, um, the other thing is that, as Russ says, you have the right to say... Hold on a minute and kind of make your own decisions about what you want to do or Mm -hmm. hopefully get a third opinion that can maybe synthesize for you what you're looking at or whatever. But, yeah, you never have to go along and be like, oh, yeah, sure, like whatever you want just because they say, um, all right, this is how it works, subtext. Otherwise, you're going to die because – they generally will not, they, they will put everything in that frame. Everything is a medical emergency all the time. And that's a problem. So anyway, on you, so Russ is quite right. On you go, oh,
2: yeah, yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's, that's the main thing. I mean, the follow up was then where we've learned since we did not ask all the right questions, because we presume somehow that an epidural was actually an offered uh, part of a of a birth procedure. Um, and so the, the other thing we have learned since, so that was our win. Here is our loss. Uh-oh. Our loss is... Jaundice. Um, oh, sorry,
0: sorry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Perpetual jaundice. We the first day or We
3: all and We story all and have also
0: have jaundice. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> the, whole the family has jaundice. Yes, we are laid I mean, up in the infirmary.
3: year old woman <laughs> down the block dying from jaundice.
0: West Virginia man has become jaundice. <laughs> oh, man.
2: Oh, my God, uh, yes. So, um, no, our loss was... so. So the other great part about this is that everyone at the hospital is in the network for the deductible plan, except for the anesthesiologist. (laughs) Jeez! Spoiler alert, there are no in-network anesthesiologists, which means that an epidural is not apparently a covered procedure in West Virginia for, you know, a birth
0: what a load of that's
2: reasonable so um so we're fighting a five thousand six hundred dollar bill for that and that was actually that was actually knocked down because we appealed once we've already won one appeal it was a sixty five hundred dollar bill and we won an appeal because we said like Wait. I mean it's like the it's like the Eddie Hazard, I think we've talked about this before, the cake or death, and it's like, well, we're out of cake. And it's like, so our choices are or death. It's like there's no in-network anesthesiologist? Like, what do you mean? So our choice is like you know, cold Turkey. Like we have cold Turkey, no painkiller or, or what? No baby. Like we walk out of here and have
3: our baby in the parking lot. Like, you got me. It's a scam. I don't belong to a network. I'll knock off 900 bucks. Is that good? And that's exactly what they did. They said, (laughs) all right, we'll cover it
2: at our network anesthesiologist rate. If we had a network anesthesiologist, which is,
0: which Which makes this such bullshit. I mean, like, so really all this is, is like the undercoating with, you know, William H Macy and Fargo. right like listen that undercoating like it's all nonsense it's all funny money this idea that it costs anywhere near that amount is a joke right exactly joke
2: yeah we were with this guy for like 25 minutes so and he was very nice he was very good at what he did he's not worth he's not worth 10 grand an hour um so (laughs) uh, so story you
0: know what he didn't give you jaundice Right, it's true. I'm just it's saying, true. you it's didn't true. get jaundice the from him. The epidural
2: was sucking the jaundice out of Alex. <laughs> exactly. would have otherwise... So
0: without this, you might get some jaundice, so uh, you need this anesthesia uh, to get jaundice.
2: I already Please, know that the logo for the this... yellow today. Some of the, <laughs> the logo for this lights. episode is going to be a yellow emo. I already know. <laughs> The anyway done. <laughs> so yeah so that's um so right so we so we did not we did not win we were feeling so good about ourselves for saving ourselves a four thousand dollar hotel hospital stay and then they slapped us with the the epidural fee so so we're still fighting but that's uh but that's fine otherwise, Ugh,
0: otherwise. I, I just because you know the thing is like it's it's the thing where if they charge you let's say that they give you a bill for fifteen hundred Right, now, sure. that's, I, I still think that all of this should be covered gratis. I think that right. like the main function of a society is to preserve the life of others, and particularly when new children are coming into the world, which we are reliably told by most of West Virginia's voters is the most important statistic right. that exists on earth is how many people we're putting into the world. Then you at least ought to have the good grace to pay for it. But if you're going to charge And the government
3: any... should give you starter money, by the way.
0: Oh, I, yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course. Right. Like, I mean, of course, and it is it it is an it is an outrage and a, it is an abomination that the richest country in the world can never see its way clear to do that while Jeff Bezos is worth six quadrillion dollars per second or whatever it is. But anyway, but so even leave that aside, even if you're just basing it on like, okay, you put all these things together, you figure salary, blah, 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 blah 1500 would still be too much, but my guess is that you would at least be like, well, you know, like Maybe you drop it a little bit. You use somewhere on that ballpark. But they just they just overshoot by such an enormous amount that it is just a constant middle finger to like the people who are seeing the bill. It's just like yeah. we will charge you an un. Oddly some, because that's the thing that we think is necessary for the profit motive, having nothing whatsoever to do with the medical care. I'm sure it's actually quite true that a lot of the doctors themselves, I know there were some, you know, some that are unscrupulous, but I think a lot of medical professionals probably don't go out of their way to find out how much everything costs because they want to just be like all right this is whatever is actually necessary I think hospital administrators like know how much that, things cost yeah. but like the yeah 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 but you know what I mean like I think that's I right. think that's probably so as usual the people here are the insurance companies who are the biggest evil and then the hospital administrators who are a secondary evil um you know and, and the and politicians who enable them so that there's
3: a whole there's a whole network of organizations whose job it is to sell doctors offices on yeah. you know testing oh, yeah. equipment yeah. and oh yeah. Yeah. Like and drugs. And so the doctor might go, you know, I've incorporated this thing, this diagnostic tool, let's say, into my practice, um, because the diagnostic tool is actually earning the doctor's office hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. And it's something that he can tack onto the billing. Yep. Totally common practice. And so I don't want to totally absolve doctors. Of <laughs> no, this no, no. I'm not trying
0: to completely absolve them. Right. But I just I think the problem is, I, I think there is a tendency and this happens, I think with it happens with teachers, it happens with a lot of I think the tendency is to look at the person who's in front of you so you can blame them when the reality is that most of the time, the biggest problem is systemic and it is on the insurance and hospital administrator level. And in teaching, it's generally on the administrator and usually the somewhat higher administrator level, the superintendent and so on. Sure. And like, that's all I'm saying. I No, I, I don't absolve oh, I doctors completely. Yeah. But I mean, for one thing, you know, midwives should have been doing this job as they do in England, almost exclusively. So there should be much more home births as an exception practice since pregnancy here's a newsflash is not a medical emergency nine times out of 10 99 times out of 100 pregnancy is not an emergency but it is treated as an emergency in the west and it's treated as an emergency particularly in the united states and then they do a bunch of stuff that is more likely to give you emergency procedures which they then charge for so but i agree with you russ in general i'm not trying to absolve them i just think that like I think we need to always make sure that we're looking bigger because I think the bigger system problem is what the insurance companies want and the profit, you know, the profiteers want and the politicians who enable them and all that. um, But also the hospital administrators that see ways to get clear of this too. So yeah, like if I was handing out a blame pie, I wouldn't put doctors at the top of the list over the insurance execs and the administrators. That's all I'm saying. But I, I I don't disagree well, with you. The, that, uh, the you know.
2: other systemic thing is, like, the way they have this formatted is, like, this cafeteria, I mean, it's, it's like, it's like this walkthrough cafeteria style of providers where, like, I mean, the anesthesiologist thing is totally egregious, but, like, there's two different networks, and, like, we happen to have been covered under both of them because Alex, like, had... Uh, her celiac services at one, at one like network of hospitals and then her, um, her birth at this other network so we happen to be kind of grandfathered into this but like the wandering pediatricians would just come in and be like hey we're going to do X Y and Z and they're on a totally separate billing structure that if you're not working with both networks then they're also out of network and so we just kind of got lucky with that but it's like nobody says anything about like hey I am an out of network person or like you better yep. ask me what my yep. affiliation is like yep. they're just wandering in and out and the metaphor we ended up coming up with it is it's like it's like you're in a poker room and it's like like the wandering like food vendors or the massage therapists or something, but like nobody ever takes any of your money and you just think it's all part of the house. And it's like, well, okay, like this is part of the service. And then they start sending you these massive bills of like, well, oh, that wasn't included. That wasn't, you know, you've just got all these freelance vendors roaming the hospital halls, (laughs) like, like what, want to get some medical service. And it's like pushing someone
0: over the counter so they can get into the room. (laughs) Like get out of here.
2: Exactly. And you think that it's like, it's a, it's a friggin' hospital that's all got branded stuff from the same network. And it's like, nope, this is just yeah, so I so... don't know who comes up with this system. I mean, to be fair, like, I think I did
3: probably too late in the game warn you about this this particular thing where I was like, watch out for the lactation consultants. Oh, you did. Yeah, right. Because you those me about people that. are yeah. often not a network and when right. they come yeah. in, like they're being yeah. helpful and then put themselves on your bill. But like right. yeah, anesthesiologist is kind of a how yeah. could you possibly see that? Right.
2: Crisis? Right. Well, you how can you and also like in the sit in the situation when like Alex is about to pass out, is like five centimeters dilated, has been up for three and a half, you know, three days straight, like we're not going to be like, nah, an epidural is optional. Like, that's fine. Right. Like, you'll probably make it through pushing this baby out, you know, in the worst pain of your life. Like, what could yeah. go wrong? I mean, <laughs> it's not like you're going to die. I mean, you could.
0: I mean, part of that, too. And this is one of the things, one of the reasons that we did the midwife thing is because right. we had... I mean, first of all, so it's happening in our house. So no one is wandering through our house, but the people <laughs> we specifically invite there. Um, although I have this image of a lactation consultant on like breaking through the window and like, like let me tell you how to breastfeed, um, you know, but like, no, we, we control that. But then the other thing is that it just, it minimizes the number of people that you have to keep track of. Like there's a reason now that we have this whole burgeoning industry of basically personal medical managers, you know, people that right. work with families to help coordinate this. And this is a bunch of nonsense. And we are all people with multiple, you know, degrees from right. top universities. Like, we, we are we are definitely not the target audience for most of the people that they expect to try to screw over for this. And it's hard well, for any of us to be able to coordinate and figure out what all of this and, is. And that's the thing, you know? right?
2: Like, like so a $5,600 bill is, like, egregious and ridiculous. Egregious. I mean, just, like, totally over the top and whatever else. It happens, uh, because Alex and I have done well the last couple of years and we're fortunate that we do have that money. Right. But like zillions of people, especially in the friggin' state of West Virginia, like that bill is, is beyond catastrophic that bill is just the end like that bill is like oh great we're mortgaging our life to pay for a baby and get diapers and get you know clothes and get all of this new stuff for this new human being it's outrageous putting them up and you get a bill that looks like that and you're like oh well our life's done like you know okay you know this is why medical bankruptcy is so common absolutely so and and, so you know like we're in a very privileged position and we're also in the privileged position to be able to feel like we can fight it most people see a bill like that and they're just like well I don't want to go to jail, so you know yep. this is like whatever. Right. So and I'm we glad have every advantage it. in the book, and we're still like, you know, it is still like an incredibly burdensome, yep. difficult. Thing. I mean, that's a quarter yeah. of my, you know, stipend for the yeah. year. <laughs> like,
3: yeah, can I can I can I add on to the uh, sure. reinforce yeah. that you can always say no to things yes. story? Um, yeah. I, you guys both know this story, but I just wanted to put it on the record, um, which <laughs> is that when uh julian was about to be born um the doctors were uh trying to pressure stephanie into um what's it called induced jaundice. labor yes <laughs> jaundice. Yellow ma'am you have you heard the, the good news
0: about jaundice <laughs> you had to be also not um, uh, so
3: they wanted to do an induced labor because of various risk factors or age sure they did pre-diabetic etc and we're like okay well look we had we had a baby it went fine she came on the due date. We're having another baby. We'd really like to have it on the due date, if at all possible. And mm-hmm. the doctor's like, no, you're gonna have it a week, maybe two weeks early. And we we know Why? so many stories of people who went through induced labor, and it just didn't happen on the timeline that they wanted, because they're in the hospital, mm-hmm. they're bursting the the water and they're trying to give you hormones and trying to get it to come out. And ultimately, like a lot of these stories ended up in them getting C-sections because they weren't ready to give birth that day.
0: And they make more money that way. And it's a medical emergency again, right? right? They make it into an emergency. Yes.
3: And so we were, uh, our mission was obviously to have a healthy birth, but also to avoid a C-section at all costs. And that was like in our birth plan. And we communicated that to the doctor. And so basically we were just like, no, we're waiting. We're going to continue to wait. If it gets to the due date and it starts to get past the due date, then we will consider inducement, yeah, but certainly not before
0: it. the due date. 100%. Like,
3: give us till the due date, 100%. Man.
0: Why did they even tell you that you... That why did they say they wanted to induce... Just
3: because it's common... Well, here's the real reason. The real reason is because it reduces the doctor's liability. Because there are statistics that say that women of a certain age or certain risk factors uh, doesn't go as well if the longer that they wait. So they've just begun in the west or in the u.s specifically they've begun the practice of inducing these women up to two weeks early which obviously does skyrocket the average c-section rate for births in this country yep but also you know they get good they they say they get good outcomes in that they have more healthy babies or whatever which i if you look at the stats i don't think we actually do have better records in terms of infant mortality than like third world countries i think the u.s is particularly bad in that in that particular arena but so anyway, we, yeah, so, we are very bad. In that so range. we stood fast, and we said we're going to wait for the due date. And so on the last visit with the doctor, which was like maybe a week before the due date, he's like, "Okay, well, I have to drop you," and he did. He dropped us. Yep, such so, a bunch
0: of bullshit. Because, such a bunch of bullshit. It should be criminal to do that. Mm-hmm. It should be criminal. The only person who should be firing you is you firing the doctor. It it is. Ugh. Yep. Anyway, sorry, go on.
3: But but that is the the incentives are skewed because the incentive for us was having a healthy birth the incentive for him was not having a malpractice lawsuit and so he would do whatever he could do to eliminate his own personal liability having nothing to do with our situation have you
0: signed a waiver then have you signed a waiver have you signed a waiver that says we will not sue for malpractice within the following range have it notarized locked in blood whatever if that's if that's the most important thing because obviously you know i can understand wanting to avoid malpractice suits so make you sign a waiver end of story like what is the problem I don't. So,
3: but but I mean, that's to, to imagine like people who aren't used to dealing with this kind of thing, for them, the fear that they would go through to have their personal doctor drop them a week before like, the- birth.
0: we were like, all fucking debaters. We were, our job is to argue. Like, we, we we our job is to come up with arguments. Most people are not like that. Yeah, You know, it's just- And so, you know. but we knew, like, we knew that we had decided
3: to use the extent of all of our insurance loopholes to go have the birth at Cedars, which is by far the best facility we have access to, right. even though we could only go- if she was in active labor, because then we could go through the emergency room. If we just wanted to have a <sighs> scheduled appointment at Cedars, our, our insurance would not... Cover it because it wanted us to go to some far- hospital that wasn't five minutes away and one of the best hospitals in the state. So, like, we'd like to go to the one that's five minutes away and one of the best hospitals in the state. And they're like, "No, not unless it's an emergency." I'm like, "Fine, we will have an emergency. Thank we you very
0: make much. Make it
2: an emergency." <laughs> what well, and what did I say? No Must yes. be emergency. <laughs> exactly. Yes, under
1: yeah.
3: all circumstances. And so we, yeah. you know, we waited, and Julian came on the due date. We got the staff, you know, physician whoever was on duty, and she was great, and everything was fine. But the the like. Most people don't want to deal with that kind of uncertainty, obviously. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I mean... Sounds it's just, reasonable to me. It's
2: it's almost like there's a biological system though, where the baby has a way of signaling when they're ready to come out.
1: And
0: yeah, it's yeah, shocking, right, isn't it? Should, I mean, and and like there's better outcomes
2: when you when you rely on the baby saying yes, I'm ready.
0: And this is the problem in a larger sense with our the obsession with scheduling and yeah. determining things on the basis of you know, and that's the C-section, right? Oh, we're gonna go in and we'll have a scheduled C-section. And I'm like, let's be clear that every time we talk about a scheduled c-section what we're actually referring to is a scheduled section where you were going to do major abdominal surgery okay it's not a word that you say it comes from the original moment where cesarean section the emperor was ripped from his mother's womb (laughs) like this is not some minor nothing and so it goes from an area of the body which is designed to accommodate despite the level of pain designed to accommodate the baby coming out that way as we have all been doing for thousands and thousands of years, or having a modern situation where we have a child in the midst of a medical emergency, actual major surgery. And don't get me wrong, the C-section did save lives from those people who would have died in many centuries past because the vaginal birth wasn't going to work. I get that. But that doesn't mean that it therefore becomes what it was, which is at one point we were up to about almost like 50% C-sections. And that is a terrible outcome, especially when you look at the mortality rates, the infant mortality rates here, as you pointed out, Russ, are far higher than many developed countries in the world. Again, it's an embarrassment. Um, and and that, you know, comes from a result of a number of things. But part of it is this schedule culture that I need to go and figure out and then they want to be like, well, look, you know, you've been in here for, look, you've been in labor for 12 hours. I don't know. You know, like and Cleo was in labor for, you know, go, as many longtime listeners listeners, the MEP report will remember, went into labor when we were doing a MEP report okay. back in 2008. And, you <laughs> you know, then ended up being in labor for the next 30 plus hours and story. You just had the same experience with Alex. And like, this is what happens. Like the baby comes when the baby wants to come. And, and you being there with sort of like looking at the clock and being like, listen, you know, I don't know. I can only accommodate you in this window. How about you go to hell? Like how about you do what's necessary for the benefit of the mother and the child and the family generally. And how about you not base this on this doesn't fit into my outlook calendar. Also, you
3: get really, really bad outcomes if you have multiple C-sections, as you can possibly imagine. Absolutely. And so that happens even more commonly now because the first one's a C-section. Once the first one's a C-section, they're not going to let you have a vaginal birth after that.
0: Yep. And that thing you're talking about with inducing labor is particularly egregious because what that does is they, so they induce labor that creates contractions, which are incredibly powerful, much more powerful than the normal body's, you know, contractions would be. That creates an incredible amount of pain, which means someone says, you know what I need to do? I need to have an epidural. So then you get an epidural. This is separate from your situation story. This is again, reacting to, oh my God, immediate pain, please God. So then you have an epidural, which means you can no longer feel the baby. And when they tell you to push, you're like, I am... It's like having, you know having your mouth numbed and getting a cavity filled, if you've ever tried to talk or remember what your mouth feels like when it's filled with Novocaine, imagine that in the lower part of your body when you're also trying to push out a kicking, screaming bowling ball. Alright? That's basically what this is. Like, go ahead and push this out. That doesn't work. So then they have to do other extra works. And then if it and one thing cascades to into another and we are back with and emergency then you get the time. And then you get the snake. And then you get the snake. <laughs> <laughs> and then jaundice. No, but like and, and then it's emergency time, right? And because right. everything is treated as an emergency. So yeah, it's it's, uh, it it really is. And it's, it's wrong that people should have to stand up the way that we're describing and be like, no, because I'm not a medical professional. I do not want to have to spend my time becoming an expert in, you know, the finer parts of gynecology. I'm not a gynecologist, but, you know, that's almost sometimes the requirement to understand like medical procedures better than, not better than, but like to understand the basics so that you're not caught often unawares yeah. of this yes
3: and a lot of what we just talked about is chronicled in the documentary called the business of being Born." business
0: of being sure born we've seen it. absolutely and our midwife uh was the midwife featured in the business of being born our celebrity first midwife. midwife yep celebrity midwife um who as it turns out as we found out later i think i've talked about this in the show but as it we found out later that the uh that same person the that actually Clea shows up in her book under a pseudonym um, because the first baby that she had ever lost in childbirth was literally the one before uh, Cinnamon. So when she was there and it was taking a while and the heartbeat dropped at one point, she was like uh, and she was going through this whole big thing about what she was going to do and all this kind of stuff and I didn't obviously know about this until sure. later but um, yeah and so, she chose
2: not to tell you at the time which was probably a very good idea oh I think that was a good idea yeah I <laughs> yeah. think it would have been a bad idea to be like hey just yeah. so you know
0: um, I'm, I'm freaking because currently... I'm
2: worried I'm on a losing streak so yeah
0: yeah <laughs> I won 12 in a row 12,000 in a row right, and now yeah. I just lost one and yeah, yeah. so but anyway yeah so there, absolutely the business of being born is definitely to be recommended so you can get a good sense of What's out there is a possibility. But anyway, so you did all that. You avoided the jaundice. Yes. You avoided everything. And now, yes. you, are, and now, now we, you are back at home with now Graham. Now we
2: have a baby, yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And in five years, he'll be able to leave the house. So, that'll be great.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> It'll be
2: safe to be on the planet. So It'll be safe to be actually great. leave at that point. Yeah, yeah. So.
0: Maybe we should have... I mean, maybe... Who knows? Maybe jaundice is protective against things. Maybe you should have been like... Maybe I just like a little light jaundice. You right. know, like...
2: Yeah.
1: Something. Well, it is
2: funny, too, because, you know, so they... Jaundice aside, um, you know, he was born born just before a major snowstorm, and we went home in this, like, epic blizzard, and, like, we're skidding out when we first strapped him in. It was, like, this really harrowing thing, and the GPS just went haywire, I think because of the storm was, like rerouting things and routed us onto like the worst street in our city where like we we joke about it as being the roller coaster street and so it's like in the middle of a blizzard and it's like here go down the roller coaster street that goes like a straight precipitous drop and then comes back up and we're like no we're not going to do that so i was basically winging it and the baby's crying in the back and it's the first time he's ever been in the car seat it was a nightmare so anyway so we finally get him home um, but then it's basically just like not stopped snowing since he's been born. I mean, not literally, but like <laughs> a majority of days, I think a majority of days that he's been alive, we've had some snow and it's been cloudy almost all the rest of the day. So it's like, there's no sun available at all. Like he does not have any access to, well, sunlight. wait, there's
0: your sun available. Right, well, Let's be right, clear. Yes, your exactly. sun is very right, available. Right.
2: There's no sun for the sun. And so, um, so they gave us, you know, the the flip side of the of the bad jaundice situation. They're like the only thing in uh, that is not available in breast milk that babies need to grow. The only nutrient that humans need is vitamin D, mm-hmm. and of course this is because you're supposed to be outside because we're an outside species, despite right. what, <laughs> recent events. And um, yeah so there's been no sun available. So they gave us vitamin D drops as a prescription, which like even if they're born in summer, like they recommend,
0: yeah, them, like, no, we always got the vitamin know, D drop in.
2: The vitamin D and fortunately he loves them like he loves he also got thrush from the breastfeeding which is pretty common mm-hmm. um, and he loves all of his medicine which is like very fortunate that like we were like oh god this is going to be a nightmare and then he's just like like we actually save it now to calm him down when he's upset we're just like oh don't do the vitamin D drops yet wait till he's upset and then he'll <laughs> enjoy them so much that we can use it as a calming tool So,
0: but you realize that like you're missing out on what is the obvious um winner in all of this story and that is your next novel begins the snow began with graham caspian clayton and yes. <laughs> didn't begin didn't end till vitamin d was procured you know something yeah. like that yeah it's yeah, just such an evocative go. you know like
2: That's true that's true no i mean my thesis project is is addressed to him it's all about the pregnancy it ends with the with the birth scene so um, nice. yeah so that's uh and i just turned in a my last draft that is still editable before the final version. So I'm getting comments from my co-chairs, and then in about a month, I'm going to turn in the the printed copy. So, and then it goes into a vault for a hundred years, so nobody can see it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm going to try to pitch it as a book, so hopefully people will see it. But it goes in a hundred year. All the MFA theses go in a hundred year vault. Um, <laughs> Never why? to be seen again. Well, all the other. So every other thesis is supposed to. Um, you know, cause like you're supposed to be doing original research of some kind, right? Like that's what it, cause it's the equivalent of a dissertation. Cause it's a, a terminal degree, even though it's not a doctorate. And so, you know, you're supposed to be doing original research. And the idea is that you like contribute this to the public domain or the public good. If you're doing this as a doctoral candidate or a master's candidate normally, but because it's creative, there's actually like future, like, you know, Like, this isn't the end goal of the publication. The end goal of the publication is it actually being, like, a creative book. Um, And so you would basically, like, if it were publicly available, like, there's sketchiness with the copyright. Like, basically anybody could download it, and so they could circumvent, and so then a publisher wouldn't be interested in the contract. So all of the creative writing theses exclusively are protected.
0: What I love about this yeah. is, and I know this from having stepped on both sides of the aisle, academic sure. and otherwise, that they don't do this for dissertations because they know that no one gives a goddamn. Like, no one is going to steal my dissertation. And because they could do that. I mean, like, why couldn't they do it and then sure. submit it to Duke? Instead, you know, they didn't. And I ended up getting it published in now two editions, thank you, from Clemson University Press. Right. But, like, They could easily have done that. Why? They're like because a hundred people may read this ever. Whereas with the creative stuff, they're like, (laughs) there's an actual commercial market. Maybe yeah, yeah. You know, there's money involved anyway. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Wow, man! Like. Almost to the point of getting the MFA, and we add another. We add another one. We have multiple BAs, PhD, MA, MFA. We add all of these things together. Doctors, um, uh, doctor, doctor. I was just going to say <laughs> DOI, yes. DOI FD for fake degree. All of these. These are all things that that get added into the mix. Just kidding. Um, no, but like yeah, we have all these letters, you know, yes. added into TMR. So. I want to, I want you to do that for the notes by the way for this episode As I just want you to try to add up every letter that you can put together from our, you know, combined yes. degree efforts. You know, they
2: will just you know. spell out yellow. <laughs> yeah, ah. exactly.
0: They somehow spell out jaundice. <laughs> um is. yeah, but no, that's that's awesome. The MFA yeah. and and yeah. the baby and
1: wow. Yeah. Milestone
3: yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: span. Yeah.
2: It's true. And then we're gonna move in June who knows where we'll who find out
0: knows where Who
2: knows where so we'll have moving in a pandemic in addition to baby in a pandemic so that'll be fun
0: me oh, too I'm sure so, by
3: june yeah. we'll have moved on to the new phase of the permanent pandemic and it won't be the regular <laughs> pandemic
0: in- <laughs> it'll be the semi-pandemic or yeah. the sandemic What the semi the semidemic. demic um yeah that's true we I, actually we all because i'm my plan i'm going to be moving probably in a couple of months the family is and i'm guessing and Russ, you have been looking, right? We've I mean, been like house there's...
3: hunting very aggressively yeah. in a tighter and tighter, insane LA housing market um, mm. where what once was a million is then a 1.3 is then a 1.7 is now 2 million. So good luck
0: to me. Oh, man. <laughs> wow. Can you get Can you get like close to the geographical region? Like is hey, one of those things you- I'm, Listen, you know?
3: I've made this goal uh, maybe a year ago where I was like, I'm getting a house. And then- I don't know if you guys need to take a break. I can tell a quick story about how we were, how a house was stolen from us recently. Um, oh, quick story. We found a house. Uh, the only reason it was there is because it was during December, which is like the one dead month of the year for the yep. real estate market. That's why um, we bought
0: ours then yep. <laughs> or put our offer in.
3: It was like for some reason below the median price, it was like 900,000, which is unheard of. It was a gigantic house on a gigantic lot in a neighborhood that was okay, not great, but we were totally willing to overlook that part. So we go. You know, we love it. It's a quirky house. It has like a library upstairs. Ooh. There's an atrium and it's all, it's what? very, there's a koi pond. Outside. Is this on the Island of Dr. Moreau?
2: <laughs> I was like, going to say, I was going to
0: say, <laughs> is this listen, a man. Game?
2: Did you just get drunk and play clue one night? Right. right who gets libraries? Mansion, I mean... And we're like
3: 900 grand. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, we can have this clue mansion. Um, and so the, the real estate, agent who was showing the house was a little bit kind of airheaded and she kept talking about her her husband who always plays a bad guy and i'm like oh god could this be more of a hollywood nonsense Like, i don't care just us about the house and it, so it turns out that this woman is danny trejo's ex-wife and that's who she was alluding to
0: oh
1: so,
3: so danny trejo's ex-wife is showing us this house okay and we like love it do. We love it, but because we're normal humans, we're like, well, we're going to talk about it and then we will let you know, which is.
2: No, 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 you get suit a suitcase of
3: cash right. on the spot or right. you lose it.
0: Right.
2: <laughs>
3: That's pretty much it. Um, so we that. Oh, you want a bottle? He wants a bottle. I want a bottle. Get this boy a bottle. I, I need like uh, 30 seconds before I can yeah. tell the rest of the story. OK. OK. B R B.
0: I just want to point out that what should have happened in this scenario is where he should have just handed over a very large... A coin with the emo on the front of it a MEP coin <laughs> yeah
2: exactly. and that would have
0: solved everything but, i mean
2: you know. the way crypto we haven't talked about the the bubble of of bad crypto and worse stocks yep lately but the way that's been going yeah like like everything that has no value has massive value so we have to launch our pump and dump of Mepcoin, coin and <laughs> then and then we can all buy the house of dr moreau i
0: was gonna say can we get can we get it uh to Robinhood for three days before they realize wait what's happening and then the stock collapses anyway because right stock market is a joke like that that's what we should do <laughs> just sort of take this and be like hey i heard about this new thing called mep coin yeah it's quirky and it's vaguely associated with play it, it's very is it on 4chan no we hate 4chan but it's associated with places where the internet has occasionally come where we know of people who know of a chan and 4chan you know
2: the map report is not a financial advisor and does not give financial advice
0: <laughs> exactly <laughs> thank you that's that's awesome for the disclaimer um okay russ is back I think yes. Okay, yes. so yeah. So tell us. So tell us more about how Danny Trejo's ex-wife uh, totally <laughs> screwed sweetest. you on a house. Yes. Um. So now you we, said. No, listen. If just one thing. If Danny Trejo had screwed you. If he was just like, look, and he like held up a knife, then you'd be like, well, we got screwed out of a house, but it was Danny Trejo doing it. So like, yeah.
3: But not that's, somebody living off of Danny Trejo's fame. Right. 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 Like, no, no. 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 That's practice. yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> um. So we that night. I'm like, okay, I got to get pre-approved. I talked to the finance person. I sent her all my financial information. We got approved that night. It was like a Saturday night. I'm like doing this on a Saturday night. Uh, got the got the offer. There, like the finance person is the sister of our agent. So they were talking to each other. It's very convenient. Um, we got the offer in. Uh, then it was like I was hearing from my agent that um, Trejo was like, yeah, it's good. You guys, You guys got it. You're in line we got we got a verbal agreement blah blue i'm just gonna wait till they sign it and then we started hearing weird things where my my agent was following up being like so did they sign it where's the contract and Trejo was like yeah it's just a busy such a busy day today it's so busy out there today and i'm like oh, God, oh boy trying to steal the house right now this is what she's doing she's finding ways to steal this house and i wrote a like this heartwarming letter about how we enjoyed that they have a library in their house for you. your koi
0: pond has been to my <laughs> dreams
3: and i know i happen to notice your collection of stephen king and frank <laughs> herbert and i love Dune. and please sell us your house uh, <laughs> please yeah. we'll appreciate it oh you have a- i saw the zen garden can i tell you about my love for alan watts lectures blah, blah 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 um i wrote them this whole thing uh and then we found out that yes indeed the ex-wife of Danny Trejo had invited other people to see the house after she told us we had a verbal agreement um, and then let them bid it up like another 50 grand and didn't even give us an opportunity to match their offer. Right. Just That's gave the crap. Them.
0: That's the crap. Yeah. He gave it to them. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Um, yeah. So then I did something. Somewhat untoward, which is I, found, I I researched and found the phone number for the owners of the house. Wait, let me just be up.
0: clear before you continue. This is the same person. Let's be clear: who, when receiving a traffic ticket, waited at the uh, Let's remember, Mep listeners, waited at the crossroads, crazy like documenting when people, how many people went in each direction on the stop sign. Like, so <laughs> this is the least surprising thing I've heard tonight that you actually yeah. found the number of the owners. Okay, I yes, go take on. I don't think
3: over an answer. Yeah, is the short version of that. So. Um, I talked to the guy, and it was. I uh, believe me, it took every ounce of patience that I have cultivated over my f- four decades of life to not just totally Tennessee me, 56 him, totally Tennessee 56. I'm
0: daddy in. Trejo. You, but I was aware
3: that there's still a chance maybe we could get the house or be a backup, and so I really didn't want to ruin the relationship with this guy. But in the midst of the conversation, he said the following. So first of all, our agent's name is Nechama, which is like a very, I don't know if it's Israeli, but it's certainly a very Jewish name. Um, and so he's like, yeah, so um, so yeah, I heard that your agent doesn't work on Friday night or Saturday. Is that right? And I'm thinking to myself, and the relevance of this is, are you implying that she is Jewish? And then And then he went on to have a conversation with me about how it would just be too much of a pain and too difficult and that trejo had told them that our agent was horrible basically to cover for the fact that she was doing sketchy and illegal things (laughs) by like trying to double dip and so and she clearly from that conversation made it about the fact that our agent was jewish and would be a problem somehow for being jewish
0: wow um
3: and so I was like, I don't understand. You guys gave us these different terms in the initial agreement. And I agreed to every single term, like instantly didn't ask for anything, just said, yes, yes, yes. And then I offered 10,000 over asking price without even being asked to do that. Like, how am I being difficult? And he he was just kind of not giving a straight answer and warming away. I was like, okay, well, you know yeah well we're you know since i was like did you read our letter he said yes i'm glad you appreciate the house i'm like good well you know our situation if things should change blah blah blah." hang up the phone punch a hole in the wall Mm -hmm. um and then like i was like it's gone but we cannot flame this woman in online um review forums until the house is officially sold just in case she does have 67 twitter
2: followers i looked it up during your
3: what? Oh, you it. looked this so, up?
2: Yes. Yeah, I, I mean, Danny Trejo's only been married once, so it was really <laughs> easy to find. And so it was really, I was looking it up while oh, Russ was no. talking. She, she the has... MEP
0: report is on the case, people. Get him!
2: I swear to God. At D underscore Trejo, <laughs> well, which is say. also like, talk about trading on your ex, uh, ex-husband.
0: Seriously. Oh, she like couldn't stop talking
3: D, about it. Nobody D prompted trejo, her. Nobody's right? like, hey, do you have a yeah. famous ex-husband? She just kept talking about yes. it.
2: So D underscore Trejo, all of 67 Twitter <laughs> followers, which, you know, is basically zero.
0: Is basically zero. I You know, okay, look. It, the other thing, too, you realize that if we could ever prove... If we could ever prove anything right like if you could ever prove any of this like that is that is a million lawsuits like that is like that's basically like yeah we're not selling to you because you're jewish like i mean the
3: problem is they never actually signed a contract we just had a verbal agreement which means kind of bupkis doesn't mean anything right so if they had signed it we might have something otherwise it's just we're just spitting in the wind and uh, i just want you to know that we've been looking for over a year this is the closest we've gotten this is the first time we submitted an official offer To anything because it was so cost-effective and gigantic and awesome it had like a huge basement la houses don't have basements it was amazing i pictured my whole future in this house um but like don't cry for me i we're doing good we're just trying to get ourselves in a position to qualify for a house that's more likely to exist for more than five hours on the market so that we have a chance to actually get something
1: Right. right
2: May I recommend that you get a, invest in a suitcase of cash? Yeah, no. <laughs> I think that's I a very know. effective negotiating strategy. We, if you can we, just go in and dump a suitcase of cash.
3: We were somebody. seriously like, should we be carrying like a fistful of Target gift cards on us in case <laughs> we just like really need to lock a house down? Uh, yeah, I think so.
0: I have just found the person that you were speaking of. And yes, $67. This person was also an actor, by the way. This person yes. also acted. I saw
3: that. I saw that.
0: I'm sure well. that's how
3: they met. Before he was famous and then she became. Yes, he definitely relevant. didn't get her the roles, I'm
0: sure. Yeah. Oh, man. Good times. And yes. and and has, has a very heartwarming picture on the Twitter of saving a sea turtle. And uh, retweets this uh, this whole like video of them saving the sea turtle and says agreed uh, seven hundred thousand times seven saving precious lives is all that matters hashtag living with purpose hashtag rip off people because they're Jewish yeah. like this
3: <laughs> this sea turtle is not
0: Jewish so we're- <laughs> <laughs> this sea turtle did not seem to have any kind of Zionist tendencies signed hashtag I'm not a normal person oh hashtag God. jaundice um, maybe that's what yeah. you need. To do. I I I've lived a
3: pretty sheltered life. Like we all went to Brandeis, where there's probably very
0: little (laughs) anti-Semitism that goes on. Not too much. I grew
3: up in Brooklyn and I live in LA. These are all have gigantic Jewish communities. I think this is like maybe my first very clear register of like outward anti-Semitism. I mean, I've got little remarks here and there. Someone have saying I have a big nose or something like that, but this is the first time I'm like, What? I was just denied housing? under the claim that i was jewish when i know it was really about her getting kickbacks or
0: whatever that's but. really the reason i mean yeah. cuz i was going to say like if you yeah. if you had been like you know <laughs> I'm 6 foot 1 white guy and they're just like yes but you are in your 40s and uh you know those people in their 40s. like I mean, it would have they would have made something up right is the point like they they just she wanted yeah, to sell it to somebody else I would have been
3: I if they called me 6 foot
1: 1 I would have <laughs> would been you like aha like, like, uh-huh.
3: I just wanted to call you to say thank you for not selling me this house because
1: Thank you so much I so mean... Again, 6
3: foot 1 people is real and I accept yes. it because I am yes. 6
0: foot 1 We we've been you know I can't talk about it yet until like the offers are accepted in in on both sides and and all that and approvals are all in but until the actual closing happens it's very much like uh something story just went through some months ago which is you don't tell anyone that uh you're pregnant until you reach a certain level so it's the same thing you can't talk about anything too much until it's until on air anyway until chronic, it's closed but what calls of Narni yeah, well, exactly the potential
3: but, potential conga- perspective congratulations to you Thank
0: yes. you, thank you. And the thing I wanted to mention about that—the only was, problem
3: is that his real estate agent,
0: yeah, exactly, get this,
2: used to be married to Danny Trejo. They were frustrated what? that what could go possibly wrong. And they enough?
0: were like, "Look, you realize that he's not Jewish, right?" And they're like, "What?" Yeah. It's like he's a Unitarian Universalist. It's like that godless heathen. Um, no, no like, uh, no. The thing is, what I was going to say was again, I'm knocking on wood furiously here, sure. but so far. You know, there's always annoyances and all these things or whatever. We have not run into that situation. And I think part of it is we, you know, we were lucky enough that we had our own house that we owned that we were able to sell and that, that helped. And then we kind of just got a combination of good factors and we were able to present them the asking price quickly. And we went looking in December, which by the way, quick word of uh, just sort of information in general for everybody. If you can look towards the end of the year for real estate, let me recommend you do it like trying to buy a house in June is is not going to be easy right because no one really wants to be out there it's dull and gray and here's the other reason you want to do it this way because if it looks at least in the northeast if a house looks good in December that house is gonna look freaking dynamite when you get to may like the the all the time they show you these things that are in the best possible circumstances right they're like here is this beautiful house in this beautiful street and all of a sudden it's a talking head song here like right and and they do all this (laughs) right and they do all of this like in gorgeous sunny weather this this was definitely not that situation so i'm i'm hopeful for that but the other thing i wanted to say was that i thought about this the other day the only reason that this may be possible that this thing is going to happen um is the reason we owned a house in the first place is because my parents are gone and my dad was killed in a car accident and the settlement from that car accident because he was killed because the truck that hit him had bare tires on one side and just literally the guy lost control. He'd been driving too much. He had like five hours of sleep and three days of work and he was driving under bad conditions and he careened across the road and that was it for my father and so my dad died and the settlement as a result of that was what made it possible to help my mother when she was medically disabled and dealing with breast cancer and that was no fun either so yeah we got to have the money to you know sell my mother's place and we had what was left of the settlement money and so we were able to use that to put a down payment on this house and this house went up and had 10 offers in 2 days because it's in New York City and everyone was like yes please you know and we got the we got what we wanted as an offer price and the price was simply the death of my parents. So like if if the reality is that we get to do this and it is a privilege to be able to own a house at all. And so I, I was almost like, I felt guilty for a while about being like, yeah, I'm really excited about this move. And then it was like, except that I would rather be living in a shack and have my kids be able to know their grandparents. You know, and instead we don't get that. And if that doesn't reflect the effed up situation you know, in kind of American economics, which, you know, we don't need to get into now overall, but just, you know, th- those kinds of things just are just staggering to me. And I think it's, it's just also individualist to me that it bothers me. You know, the idea that Russ, you have to deal with that crap and you just randomly get like Danny Trejo's ex-wife who decides to pull some anti Semitism semitic bullshit so that you don't get your thing and story is having to like fight battles with an out-of-network anesthesia <laughs> like can we just get a system like we the, the country has existed for 250 plus years can we get a system please i, I just you know a, we have a
2: system it's naked profit for yeah everyone. i know everyone screw their neighbors i know to make an extra buck i know what, what hey, can we talk, can we can talk about GameStop? that system yeah was oh, all like we talk about GameStop on the heels of this
0: <laughs> yeah, I we we were we when you were gone, did, we briefly in the hit on it. No,
2: we briefly talked about no, no, it's fine, finished. it's fine, it's no. fine. I want
0: you. to, I want. I'm happy to let you talk about it. I will say that this has further cemented my knowledge that I'm so happy I don't do anything in the stock market except my TA Kref account. Go nuts! I please yes. tell us about the stock. We were so talking about
2: that. that you should instead of a suitcase of cash, you should just get a Mepcoin. <laughs> oh, <laughs> exactly. Hand him a big and gleaming then, and then we Mepcoin. About pumping and, MepCoin. and you can say whatever you want because I've already disclaimed that we do not give financial advice.
3: Well. I I do have to say before I talk about GameStop, like the fact that MepCoin isn't a billion dollar currency right now is probably my fault because, I mean, Dogecoin right now is being pumped by the richest man in the world. It's true. And it it was a joke. It was literally a joke currency that was used on Reddit for years and years. And now it has a market cap of like 10 billion or something like that. So
0: I take that as a personal failure um
3: <laughs> and i hold you responsible
2: for it you as should. your as, personal failure as well you should
0: that was um, what they said they're like you can't sell this house to this guy he made mepcoin into a failure <laughs>
3: I just wanted... yeah this is, i have to put that on my linkedin now i think right. I like, launched failed cryptocurrency once
0: screwed yeah, right. screwed and not in a good way by yeah. danny trejo's x-way it's
3: like how could you even have a failed cryptocurrency it's impossible um yeah. so uh the GameStop thing i don't know what you guys said about it uh, i just not, not much
0: not yeah, much at all, all for
3: it. yeah it's important that we all understand the historical significance of what happened. I mean, it's kind of still in process. We don't really know what the result will be, but based on what's already happened um, it is incredibly significant because it, the financial markets just got decentralized. Basically it's like, all of a sudden the internet has now, and the information there has now given um, enough information and uh, social networking power to retail investors, that they can compete with hedge funds, even like the, the term retail investor is an insult, right? Like it's invented. The retail investor means you're not a hedge fund. You're not an insider. Your job is to get screwed. Like, you know, I've been a retail investor for let's say about 15 years and something that, you know, when you're just an average dude with a trading account is so for instance, Let's say some news drops about a stock that you're interested in. You're like, "Oh, I can't wait to pick up that stock tomorrow morning when trading opens." You'll notice that in the the pre market, when the market is closed, there'll be a bunch of trading that goes on between insiders and pre market. And before the market even opens the next morning, the stock may be up 25, 30 percent based on the news, but you just weren't allowed to trade you on it. your window. Yep. You're not an insider, and that all goes. All those spoils go to insiders. And there are a million other examples is high frequency trading, which is literally just an algorithm that does thousands of trades a second for the purpose of stealing fractions of a cent off of the price of equity. So that you're always paying the most inefficient price possible as a retail investor, because, you know, all of the hedge funds are doing the Richard Pryor and Superman three trick of stealing half cents until they amass hundreds of billions of dollars.
1: Right.
3: Right. Um, and they wonder why,
2: you know, then I watch people on CNBC be like, Why are so few people in the millennial generation in
3: the stock market? It's
0: like Exactly. Gee, yeah. Gee,
2: this doesn't sound they unfair. don't like
0: casinos, apparently. Right.
3: Because yeah. you get screwed. And then right. and like also like you might hear in the news, oh, there's an IPO of a popular right. brand that you want to be a part of and you want to invest in it. And it's like you, you look at your trading thing, it's like, oh well, I don't have access to that IPO. That's given out to insiders. You can access it once it's been on the market for a few weeks and it's gone up two or three hundred percent, then you can buy it. If you like, so there are a million examples of how retail investors have been just actively screwed, and of course, this is even beyond the two thousand eight, you know, housing crash, which was caused by these derivative financial products and all of the real world carnage that was caused by that stuff. So then, this thing happens.
0: <laughs> this thing happens, <laughs> <laughs> and a tiny Frankenstein. That is the thing saying. that happened. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Um, so this thing happens, and basically, a bunch of guys on Reddit. and and this is a subreddit that I followed for months and months and, and declined to invest in the so-called meme stocks because I was like, it's too stupid. Even for me, Uh, I'm enjoying reading about it, but I'm not going to invest in GameStop or, you know, Blackberry or Bed Bath and beyond or any of these meme stocks. Um, (laughs) But basically what they did was they figured out, uh, yeah, I I don't, I'm sure that you've seen a hundred million explanations of short selling ever since this all happened. So you probably know something about short selling now, just via the news. Um, but they, they figured out that these particular companies that are being weighed down by short sellers um, to for the profit of these hedge funds, the, a short sale has some potential profit incentives and unlimited risk on the downside. So if the stock goes up, you basically have to buy back those shares at whatever price it goes up to eventually if you decide to close out your short position or if you're forced to close out your short position. So they figured out they could just smack hedge funds like a pinata if enough people bought in on Reddit and a bunch of money would pour out. And that's what happened. And, you know, our friend, Zimmy's friend at, at Melvin capital, they lost, you know, whatever, $20 billion over the course of a week or two and had the worst reporting quarter that they've ever had. And all of a sudden, all these regular guys who are trying to pay off student loans and their electricians, they, they're showing off these, um, you know, financial statements of like, Oh, I just made 60 grand. I just made 200 grand. And it was just like, the, the scale of money is so obscene compared to any job that you could ever have if you're a regular person that um, it really shows that there's there's a hidden river of money that only insiders have access to that, reg- that like has no resemblance to what normal life is like for 99% of Americans. Right, right. No matter what you do for a living, you're not going to make as much money as you can by appropriately dipping into and accessing this river of money that exists at the heart of the financial system.
0: Yeah, it's a gated river. It's it's in fact it's an invisible river, right? It's a river that no one actually, you know, that that people don't fully understand exists or how to kind of get into it. Right. And again, and again, and it's again reliant on this obsession with individualism, right? This obsession with the individual, we romanticize it, right? The Wolf of Wall Street, the, you know, we, we, um, Gordon Gecko, right? We we send these people out and they're like, okay, and they worked the system and blah, 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 and swashbuckling this and the uh, that and the other. And, you know, this is what you went with it. And it gets so internalized. Like, I remember posting something and being like, this is days after this all happened. And I'm like, so, just to be clear, so I understand that, like, People apparently, people invested in GameStop, and now other people are upset that people invested in GameStop. As someone who has no understanding at all of the stock market, is you know, is that basically what happened? And I, and I literally said, as someone with no understanding of the stock market, because I could not possibly care any less than I do about this this about the stock market. And this guy, this guy writes back to me is someone that I someone I know who will remain nameless, and is like, "Well, what happened was there was drift because of the short sell of this, this, and the other." I'm like, "Dude." It's like saying I don't understand anything about calculus. There, well, if you were to take the factorial of the derivative, I just said I don't know what the what I don't know what you're talking about. Can you talk to me like I'm three? Like I just I, I don't understand, and I feel like that too is kind of like, well, don't you know all these terms? No, I don't know these terms. Well,
3: I will. So say it's just that one... so
0: far from average American life. I just ugh, you So know?
3: here's something to understand. This was a very good thing that happened. Even though, like, some of the investors have since lost some of their money and they couldn't keep up this insane bubble, like, it was a very good thing that happened. Right. Yeah. It scared the heck out of the establishment. In my opinion, my humble opinion, it was the most progressive act of protest that has occurred in the last 20 years. And this is including all the protests we've seen over the last year. This actually did the most damage to insiders, more so than any toppling of statues or hurling things at courthouses or insurrecting at the Capitol. Like, this was actually the most progressive political action that happened in the last 20 years. Um, And it was so effective and so scary to the insiders that when the insiders were all recalibrating their positions and trying to figure out how not to lose more billions of dollars on this, what they also did was they kind of took the veil off for a second. They bought a bunch of media. You had a bunch of pundits on major news channels talking about how these Reddit users were like, russians or how they're like they're they're trying to harass and hurt people like they're trying to make it into a gamer gate like any way that like npr did this CSN, CNBC did this, CNN did this, Jimmy Kimmel did this. Like anyone, Discord could take up- uh, Discord
2: shut down their channel. Like yep. they're like, oh, we've had complaints for a long time, and we just happen to be acting like right. the day after GameStop hit four hundred. They're like, yeah, it's a hate thing. We're shutting yeah. down their whole channel because uh, it's like, hate stuff. Know- it just it's a coincidence. It's not because they have made lot, all this money and rattled people. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah, although Robinhood, from what I understand, are not j- angels either because they're also funded by pretty large, you know, financial Right, well, yeah. And then Robinhood well. was yeah, like,
2: actually, you can
3: only sell the stocks, yeah. you can only let them
0: go. Yeah, down. Yeah. Right.
3: yeah. And there is a like a, a technical justification for what they did, but nobody believes it because right. they're being backed by one of the companies that just backed Melvin Capital and is on the opposite side of the reddit. Right,
0: right, right. So nobody believes
3: it. Um, but Yeah, the the idea that these insiders just turned on the propaganda machine like as full bore, they turned it up to 11 as fast as they could. They dumped an unimaginable amount of money into media to try to a confuse investors and tell them there were like seven other bubbles that were about to pop to get them (laughs) off of GameStop. Yeah, that was very upsetting. I and B, yeah, that was the invest- That was the
0: actual investors' yeah, yeah, reaction. Yeah, it was.
3: And then to demonize these groups and tell everyone how horrible, what horrible people these regular Joes were, who are actually making money for the first time, like it was very revealing. Because if you think that propaganda only happens when you're like a right-wing authoritarian, horrible president or something like that, like, you're wrong. Like our government and the means of communication that are going out during in mainstream channels are. They serve interests and hedge funds are one of the major interests that they serve. So that's where media come like, you know, you might have a tenured, you know, independent reporter that's been reporting for decades and has some level of independence. But like the outlet has to report based on who their masters are. The Washington Post is never going to criticize Jeff Bezos. Russia Today is never going to criticize the Kremlin. Right. No, these are just facts. And so I agree. Like you have to be aware of where your information is coming from because so many people who weren't on the inside of this are like, oh, these redditors are harassing and bullying people. This is what my understanding is of this story, and that it could not be more inaccurate.
0: Yeah, the the economic system in general is is you know one of the big problems, obviously, when it comes to this. I mean, I don't know. I uh, you you guys have done much more with this, I, I but I just I I don't understand why we have an economic system that is fundamentally founded on poker. Like I mean I like poker as much as the next guy but really this is a casino for rich people and like I don't I don't follow and you know nothing proves more how dis, you know disconnected the stock market is from everyday life that you can have a economy that is in complete freefall and people that are in desperate bankruptcies, evictions, medical, you know, the whole business, right? Um, All economically, while the stock market just continues to soar along, you know, at like higher and higher levels, like that, nothing proves how disconnected the two things are from each other than that. Um, But it's just, it's, it's amazing to me that we still continue to, that in general, the populace as a whole kind of accepts it. And maybe If that is something that comes out of this, that the idea that, you know, a bunch of like, redditors and a dream so to speak um could kind of shake the levers of economic power then maybe that has some you know utility in and of itself and it has some value and it is another reason i've i've made this argument many many times over the years that i think the internet the issue with the internet is that the thing that makes it such a attractive thing in terms of profitizing and and you know people being able to make money off of different aspects of it is its ubiquity right this is why deplatforming incidentally works when you deplatform someone everyone's always like oh they're just going to go to parlor right and they'll they'll hit like the 10,000 people in parlor instead of the millions of people on twitter or and that just is why shut down parlor yeah exactly right. well or one way or the other right like the idea is that disinformation which as they've proven dropped hugely like enormously since trump was deplatformed from twitter which is again what's so frustrating about it is where the hell was twitter 4 years ago but anyway um they were making money off trump as the answer but regardless yes. so so the the idea is that when you when you were able to sort of make this kind of reduction, um, it it has these sort of huge effects. And it's demonstrative of that. So that's why the internet can make so much money for them. And that's why it is so dangerous, potentially dangerous to the seats of power, because if you try to restrict it, it doesn't have the same profit level anymore. So everyone's like, no, no, you got to keep it open. And it's like, well, if you keep it open, then stuff like this is going to continue to happen. Like, I'm sure you would tell, both of you would tell me, right, that this is not going to be the first time this happens now, that there's going to be more, this is going to be seen as a success, right? And more Redditors and more people of this sort Will be finding other ways to do this, right, Russ? I mean, is that like a fair statement? Yeah, and this like, is the
3: beginning of the new era of right. finance, which and is that's now coming Reddit, from the internet, man. I told Reddit, you, Reddit. <laughs> Reddit is basically the largest hedge fund in the world now, and no, it's God help fair, us
0: because Reddit is not exactly. But no, I mean, I well, the overall I'm, point. I'm is, talking about
3: Wall Street, but the sure, sure. Subreddit. And to be fair, now that there's a huge amount of. Um, cyber info warfare going on where people in power are trying to with bots are flooding reddit with disinformation and with ideas about other stocks like there was a whole silver bubble that reddit were supposed to invest in which if you did the research were only propagated by bots and were actually helping the hedge funds that were in trouble because they had big silver positions Mm -hmm. so it was just like trying to convince people to invest on the wrong side of the battle and like this information warfare this is the era that we're in right now this is the era of you know, truth, mistruth, propaganda, and information warfare and in PSYOPs, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's not over, by the way, um, and also, like, you know, I, th- I know a lot of people were very happy that Donald Trump was kicked off Twitter because he's this horrible, pernicious force, but also note that in the weeks after they were happily uh, censoring Donald Trump from all of these services, a bunch of socialist uh Progressive groups and nonprofits were also kicked off of Facebook and Twitter with nothing said by the companies, with no recourse provided to the people whose accounts were canceled because they were just like, okay, more extremists of political interests. And so, this is the power that we have given them, which is to silence people when they threaten the insiders. Well, I know where they threaten the insiders from. Doesn't matter the direction.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I understand that's true, and I obviously the social media stuff has way too much power in general. But I mean, I think I, that said, I, I was I've actually listened to a lot of I was watching and listening to a lot of interviews of people who are big time, you know, free speech advocates, and almost all of them are like, you know what, the disinformation is so bad, so bad that there is no option now at the moment except to deplatform and to immediately try to deprogram. And those are really the two things, deplatform platform followed by deprogramming. And this is the thing that's going to be, to me, the biggest challenge, I think, of our age. Um, one of them is obviously climate change. I'm talking about besides the immediacy of you know, resolving the pandemic. <laughs> pandemic and civil rights are enormously important in the immediate future. But um, beyond that, climate change, and I would say right in that ballpark, is um, re-education. Not re-education towards, you know, this is what we want you to think, but act Actual broad education again. Um, And I do think that there is movement in that direction, and that is absolutely critical. This is something which is going to come up as a result of a lot of what we've been going through in terms of remote education and what remote education can and cannot deliver. I still think in person education is generally superior for multiple reasons. But having said that, it can be delivered in ways and delivered, assuming you get off the teachers' backs can be delivered in ways that can be very valuable for people as long as we are going headlong after the idea that all information is roughly equal in value because it clearly is not. We need courses in ethics. We need courses in rhetoric. I don't think I'm going to get any pushback from you guys about that. We need we need courses <laughs> in this. How dare you. I, 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 <laughs> and we need ways to weigh argument and weigh sources against each other, which of course Russ has been talking about for a long time. But that kind of thing is all stuff that we need as part of this programming and reprogramming effort um and i think that we can get there as long as we stop believing that one party that's a death cult is, is a death call is anything more than a death cult the, but we need to we really need to focus on that i think education is going to be critically important
3: obviously i agree forward. with everything that you said um although i i i'm very very fearful of the cavalier cavalierness with which we are censoring people now and like yes donald trump is an easy example right because he's horrible and He spouts dangerous mistruths and everyone hates him. Um,
0: But lots of them. Bannon, you know, a lot of them. Sure,
3: sure. But kind of the point of free speech is that you have to allow the most – the people that you disagree with the most, the people who you think their speech is the most dangerous – that's kind of whose pre- free speech you have to preserve, otherwise you don't really believe in
0: free speech. Yeah, but you can't do that if you're amplifying. The problem is, though, that assumes a marketplace of ideas where every idea is given equal volume. If you have a marketplace in which one is constantly amplified and they're trying to sell their idea, if you follow the metaphor, on top of three ladders with five megavones provided in front of them, as opposed to the one person who's on a street corner being hopelessly drowned out, that is the danger here. What You've got to do is equalize you, the marketplace ideas. are you making an
3: argument then for not censoring people on social media? Because the argument for censoring people is they can always speak on their own. They can go on the street corner and get on a soapbox and say whatever they want. They just can't be on Twitter. But the whole point is that you can't reach an audience unless you're allowed to be on Twitter and Facebook.
0: Right, but there's no obligation to be given an audience. Where is there a requirement that you be given an audience or a platform to do so? And well, Twitter like, did where, Twitter highlighted and amplified it. Facebook well, too.
3: But it's like, where is the requirement that you have to have a phone in your house? Like you can send telegrams, you can send letters. There are other ways to communicate. But, you know, it's like there's a reason that we regulate. We used to regulate utilities like this is because oh. they're monopoly communication forms right. and they need to be regulated. Right,
0: and this gets us back to the, right. And there's the, that's the rub, right? That's what we really need to get back to is this is proof number seven quadrillion why we need public regulation, not private regulation. Private industry can't do this and has ne- should never have been allowed to do this this so-called nonsense of private public partnerships is a joke because it's never a partnership it's always follow the money and let's let the people with the money basically handle it like when you realize that 20 years or so people accepted basically thought that google was okay because and i quote google's slogan is do no evil and that was the, that we're supposed to just believe that I, I, from people that no I respect, I know, they, they of course not, it. I know <laughs> they did, but I mean, I, I, from people I respect, I used to hear that as an argument, like, well, you know, you got to remember their slogan is do no evil. And I'm like, it was like listening back in the day to people make the stupidest argument that exists in debate, which is the Cuban American voting block which is the, dumbest argument of all time that we need to have our foreign policy dictated by 10,000 aging Cubans like in Miami. Like it's the stupidest thing I ever heard. And this was the argument that was being made about, well, you know, well, because this is the important thing to keep in mind about how this works is absolute nonsense. So yeah, I mean, I think that the, the key is to figure out a way to kind of equalize that marketplace and that requires public regulation it means yeah. that the fcc needs to get the, into their job some, of being the fcc it can't
3: be some 25 year old who lives in the bay area who happened to get the exactly job, you know exactly with appeals at twitter like they that can't be the you got
0: it exactly right especially because yeah. those people all tend to be the same kind of thing by the way <laughs> yeah, right it's exactly. a certain kind of 25 year old no you got it i'm 100 I'm with you on that and the more that we regulate also you know government is also supposed to represent at its best what we idealistically want for our society right don't we want the government to be in charge what ha- the fairness doctrine right the thing which reagan and his crew eliminated in the 80s which you know the fairness doctrine is eliminated and because we want to get the public the, we want to get the government out of our affairs when having the government make these regulations in the interest of the public in the interest of the public good is what keeps the private corporations which are far more dangerous at the moment from jumping in so yeah i i public regulation i'm with you hundred percent on that although i do have to point out that we are now well over an hour <laughs> and so given those circumstances we probably need to uh you know like like
2: stop regulating my speech greg i can talk for 17 hours on a podcast if i want to well, you I know what hear, i want to hear
3: story weigh in on this broader
2: issue. yeah to, you
0: know, yeah. go ahead go ahead and weigh in on the story I mean, and then before i deplatform you i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah no i mean i i see i see both i mean obviously the the corporations versus government thing like the we're we're i don't think there's any dissent that um you know corporations are i mean and i'm not like a huge fan of the nation state but like the nation state clearly (laughs) the only thing the nation state clearly i trust more than every time is corporations um that are just like designed to to get their own you know the free speech thing i think is I think it's difficult because I um, I'm not comfortable with the level of censorship, but it's also it's hard to I mean, it was very rich for, you know, all these Republicans who did all this outcry of like, how are you taking Trump down and how are you taking all these people that's, you know, corporate. You know that you know that's a free speech infringement. It's like no, they're all corporations, and you have been selling us since the Reagan era, as you cited this argument that corporations can do no wrong, and corporations will automatically float everyone's boat by magic hands, and everything will be (laughs) fine. And so corporations are people, my friend. And and then people were like, you know, but you believe in shutting down businesses for the pandemic, and I'm like, I believe that governments can regulate corporations, but you don't believe it. So we have no problem. Right, they're, they're like, "Do you want to I do this? Like, argument, Yes, <laughs> but you cannot make the argument that corporations yep. cannot shut Trump down because that yep. is hypocritical to what you believe. That every
0: progressive just slow right. clap at that point, exactly. right? We're just like, yeah. you know. it's
2: just, So, um, and I never once got, you know, I, I argue with all these Trumpers on Facebook all day, and and like I never once got a good response to the everyone. Just kind of was like, "Let's change the subject." I'm like, mm-hmm. Yes, that's what yes. the actual argument is because you can't do a "What about in reverse." because they I don't believe the same thing. So yeah, obviously like and that's the difficulty, right? Like I don't see the Facebook and Twitter and the deplatforming things as separate questions. They are functions to me of the capitalist question and it's like yes, I probably personally do believe in free speech, but the problem is, is that, you know, what I really lament is like the loss of the decentralized, I was talking to my dad about this just today, the loss of the like decentralized democratic spirit of the internet, right? For the first 10 years that the internet existed, you would go to a series of bookmarked sites or URLs that you remembered of different independent platforms, right? And they might've been dot blogspot or dot something else if someone didn't run their own. But a lot of them like mine were hand coded on your own own url and just run out of like a mom and pop registry group like the you know the map report is still an example of that you know and when we were blogging it it's that and now you know and my habits have changed too now everyone just goes to facebook or twitter for all content and you may sometimes get a link there to somebody's like still you know independent site but just the whole shape of the way the internet is, is everything's filtered through these two or three mega corporations that have made a bajillion dollars are only interested in making 20 bajillion dollars so they can become their own government entities and control everything. And, and that's like, it you know I don't see it as a separate to me it feels really inconsistent of like oh because we think those are pernicious outcomes we will uniquely regulate Facebook and Twitter but every other corporation can be rapacious and charge you fifty six hundred dollars for an anesthesiologist for right. example right. you know like it's all the same damn game yeah like, I'm it's with all you on the that. same yep. it's all the same problem so yep. it's all just functions of capitalism and so the only thing exciting to me about people getting upset about it is like oh you know it's like why I was excited about you know you know not excited about trump but excited about the 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 backlash trump created i'm like oh maybe everyone will see the problems with america now and it's like well no that dream is over but you know but like the same thing with capitalism it's like oh if if everyone is ragging on facebook and twitter um maybe you will see that this is a problem with rapacious corporations and they are just a symptom not the disease so that's that's really my take on that
0: that's reasonable. I, I think that I think that actually there is going to be some of that, but I don't know that it's going to be announced. You know, the revolution will not be televised, so to speak. Like, right. because I think that that's part of it. I I think. With all you know, due grief to your uh, Facebook Shangri La that we've described before, story. <laughs> Facebook is going to be dead in a decade. Um, the trends are all moving away from it. The um, they their desperate attempts to kind of stay connected is not. They are not in the demographic you want to be. I think Twitter is more complicated because it's sh- because of the nature of the platform. It's sort of easier access, and it's you know there's a, there's a sense that it's not this kind of aging um it you know there's no accident that although there are attacks on Jack Dorsey they aren't anywhere near the level of the attacks on Mark Zuckerberg who i think is a contemptible piece of garbage but you know Zuckerberg is the, Jack Dorsey's no angel right and yet the massive amount of vitriol is reserved for Zuckerberg because i think people are going to, re- you know, people already realize they see the writing on the wall. So I do not, I think Facebook, and people who are kind of like that could never happen, I, w- I would point you to MySpace, and I would ask you to look at the MySpace and Friendsters of the world, and tell me how successful those groups still one, are. So, one
2: counter argument, one counter argument before you go not, yes. that has nothing to do with my Facebook experience, because um, I have also not ever heard a good retort to this. Facebook's unique advantage, and I know you're functionally off Facebook, and a lot of people have left Facebook over politics and whatever. I'm not saying Facebook is always going to be like the only dominant thing but the thing that facebook did that no other social media not myspace not friendster not twitter not instagram and no other social media has effectively been able to do and the advantage that facebook has to this day until someone competes with this is that facebook is the one place where the vast majority of users on the site have one account and it is under their own Actual name or actual function of their identity. It's not the only accounts. My mom role plays her cat on it, uh, but um, <laughs> but like n- 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 but a vast it. a vast majority. They have created an incentive system. Um, And and this is the great failing of Twitter, right? Because what happens and and Reddit and all these other things is what happens when you don't have – when you have anonymity is that everything goes to the lowest common denominator and becomes a cesspool. And that's why like Twitter – you know conversations if you can call them that because I, there's no engagement for Twitter unless you have a blue check mark but like most twitter conversations just become this like pile on of hate because half the people involved are totally anonymous and i have a lot of vitriolic arguments on facebook some you know to an extent but they do end up coming to some sort of reason or some sort of something because people are on there with their real names and there's some level of accountability not like they're going to be enforced accountability but some level of actual ownership accountability and Some other social media group may come along to unseat Facebook that has a good incentive or a good identity check to use your real identity. But until someone does that, Facebook is going to reign supreme.
3: As the uh, resident futurist on our podcast, may I offer up a possible uh, future? Sure. Sure. You'll get the last word, Russ. Russ. So um, the future for a two part episode. I, I don't i don't disagree i don't i don't disagree that facebook will exist 30 years from now it may even be something akin to like a government id is that you have your facebook mm. account in case yeah. you need to sign into some official service or something or like vote that. yeah but i think yeah or vote <laughs> certainly but i think most people um when they want to have real conversations that aren't just public facing you know uh, appropriate conversations are going to go to things like discord and the future the future of the internet will in fact be decentralized again because that's what discord is is just a collection of tiny servers serving individual uh, interest groups where people can talk about things in relative privacy and anonymity um the uh cryptocurrency and blockchain revolution is going to accelerate this everything will exist in a decentralized fashion on the blockchain a company i worked for SenseChat, kind of merges those together which is like a decentralized chat room that's based on a crypto token so users can verify other users by paying with the token they can um prevent people spamming them by charging you know 10 coins to to talk to somebody or send them a message so like these mechanisms actually work a million times better than centralized moderation which we can all agree is pretty terrible for these uh these legacy platforms.
0: I'd like it if they could just do it. I mean, it'd be nice if they could try it, you know, well, like part
3: of the problem is, is that there are just too many people and too few moderators and it all has to be algorithmically done. And so it's done. Eh. poorly. When Some Trump tried to get on though robots. for example
0: they got they got moderators in there who knocked down he tried to get on like 15 different sites they had a bunch of his people they knocked them all down I don't I don't think it's that I think it's will I think they have plenty oh, of money enough guy. to be able to do it for one guy <laughs> It's the it's <laughs> the one guy whose job is to moderate okay bob um you're going to have a change in your job description i'm sorry go on russ
3: <laughs> Well and anyway like you know i i'll freely admit i have an axe to grind like my my Dr Laser Falcon Twitter which i had for 10 years was banned permanently with no explanation no appeal nobody to talk to about it yeah um, it sucks like wow. no description of anything and you know maybe it was because i was curating news about the pandemic and they're like we only want pandemic news to come from official medical sources or something like that and i was actually picking up thousands of followers like tweeting news about the pandemic and a lot of it before the mass media picked up on any of it um but for me who's somebody who you know loves media literacy and wants access to all information possible so I can make my own decisions about things. Like it's critically important that I not get my um, I not get my news from these sources. That I, I have to be able to access people who speak independently, which means I have to take the risk of absorbing, you know, conspiracy theories and I have to take the risk of absorbing of alien, you know, themes and mythos and all kinds of nonsense, because sometimes in the nonsense, there's a grain of truth and, uh, or something buried in there that's from an actual reasonable person. And I refuse to the end of time to have some some moderator who lives in the Bay Area to tell me what I can, and can't read, <laughs> and make that decision up for myself. And so this is why I I have to be against these large forces of centralization and censorship. I just have to, because otherwise, you know, I wouldn't be the person that I am if I, if I didn't have access to all the information that I do and then sift through it and make my own decisions. Like, you know, this is my job. So
0: I think the biggest issue related to this is the fact that it's somebody in the Bay area telling you what to do. I think that's really what this comes down to.
3: Yeah. Stop stop telling me I need to have a veggie burrito
0: like who's telling me this my well um when uh i was married to danny trejo i had <laughs> i liked burritos you son of a um we have come gentlemen to the end of another episode uh, which was filled with interesting information about stocks about uh, about disinformation about deprogramming and about jaund- and about jaundice <laughs> and I think we I think that was really important um, if you like what she's on heard you can always come to MEPReport.com where we will give you the unvarnished truth of three fairly well educated individuals who have a breadth of opinions and ideas and who have all successfully avoided the dangers of jaundice um, so far so uh, if you like and uh, hear you like what you hear please make sure you uh check us out and spread the word and let people know about us and uh we will be back at you soon assuming that we all don't get jaundice until then uh say goodbye everybody
3: keep your billy rubens down people and then you get the snake the
1: snake Well, the last time I saw old man he knew, he was chasing a female he knew, as he shot past I heard him say, she can't fly, but I'm telling you, she can run the pets of a kangaroo. She can't fly, but I'm telling you, she can run the pets of a kangaroo. Well, there is a moral to this ditty, um da 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 Crush can sing, but he ain't pretty, um da 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 Duck can swim, but he can't sing, nor can the eagle on the wing. Emu can't fly, but I'm telling you, he can run the pits of a kangaroo. <laughs> <laughs> well, the cook of laughed and he said, it's true, um da 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 ah he can run the pits of a kangaroo.